Hi, I'm Ricky Fort and welcome to the Real Estate 101 podcast. Join me as I lift the lid on the real estate industry and share some great stories from behind the scenes. Like and subscribe and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ricky Fort from Geelong Real Estate Co. Welcome to the podcast, Real Estate 101. Spicy stories from inside the real estate sector. Today, I've got a very exciting guest. This is the first time we've met, but this is Wendy Pover. Welcome. Thank you. So, <clears throat> put the word out to uh, the team that I was looking for um, Yeah, good stories of people that have either done well or not so well in real estate. You're on the better side of well, so that's good for you. Um, so, yeah. Keen to hear your story, um, but let's give people the high level thing of like why you're on the show. So you've bought and sold uh, over sixty properties, sixty two to be exact. Yeah, yeah. So that's nuts. Um, <clears throat> let's start right back at the beginning. So tell us a bit about you. I think one of the one of the things that um, we find listeners like on the show is where people's background. Like, did you come from? An entrepreneurial family, we, you know, were they business owners? Were they real estate investors? Were they like risk takers? Were like, you know, who? Where are you from? No, um, I'm the fifth of five girls, and I think in a way, I well, I was a tomboy, yep. so it was sort of, sort of like my dad and mum probably wanted a boy at that stage, and it was another girl. Um, so I can't believe they kept going back five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, my dad and mum were not entrepreneurs. My dad had bought a property and got frustrated because he'd rented it privately and it didn't go so well. So Same with, when same I, with my parents. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, when I got out into property when I was 19, my first boyfriend, he w- had read Think Rich, Go Rich. He said, you've grow rich. He said, you've got yeah. to, we've got to get into property. So, I went out and bought a... The one by Napoleon Hill, good yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Rich, yeah. And so, I went out and bought a property when I was 19. I was a third-year student. Tell us... Doing, you know, at... at, at, at Prince Michael Hospital for Children. Tell us about how you, obviously at 19, you're even able to get yourself in a financial position, like to come up with a deposit, that sort of stuff. Like, well, dump, I had, right had $8,000 saved from yeah. babysitting, working in fish and chip shops for $2.50 an hour. So two jobs? Um, I had a, just took lots of jobs on and saved, yeah. and that was my dad encouraging me to save. Yeah. Um, we found that's a common theme, people having two jobs. It, it, it usually just comes down to hustle. Well, I was still at school. Yeah. So I had $3,000 saved at the age of 19, but my dad was, you're an idiot, Do you know, buying that property. You've got a $22,000 mortgage. You're nuts. You don't you have doing? a partner. <coughs> and it was the best thing I obviously ever did. Yeah. And back then interest rates were 13.5%. I remember yeah. my mortgage was $279 a month, which doesn't sound much, but back then when it you were everything. working, you were only on eight grand a year. It was a lot of money, but mm. I coaxed one of my girlfriends who was nursing to come and live with me for $50 a fortnight. Yeah, that's another and, theme, um, renting yeah. out rooms or sharing, yep. you know, sharing your space with other people to get ahead, doing what it takes, essentially. Yeah, so that was my first place and I paid it off by the time I was 24, got married at 26. Oh, no, married at 24, um, had my son when I was 26. Um, so when did the second property come along? Um. It's okay. <laughs> so I'm just trying to my timeline. Like um, my second property, it's difficult to say my second because I was married. Yep. Um, and I basically broke his arm to get a property. We moved to Melbourne. He got a job over here, and I basically almost broke his arm to buy a property in Newport, which yep. he consequently kept in the in the divorce. <clears throat> 
Um, and we paid 150 for that and it's worth over a million now. So that was a second, yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So the second property comes along, you buy it with someone else. So obviously your, your story was, you know, bought and sold over 62 properties. I guess, um, is it mainly just been buying and selling your primary place of residence? Well, like I feel like I've just started my story because yeah. my story is quite complex. Yeah. Because I got divorced, was left was left with two small children, um, and I was really motivated by a book from Jan Summers, and that really got me motivated. What's a, what was the book? Uh, I think it was Build Wealth Through Property yep. or Through Real Estate. But once my divorce went through, I knew that I wanted to do property. Get going. And I put up my family home, went up to Melbourne and bought two more properties, Um and was told by the bank manager, you won't get another loan. You're a single mum with two children. In fact, the banks actually turned around and said no to my loan when I already had two unconditional contracts. Love that. So Shit. that was fun. <laughs> um, but my lawyer came to the, my, my rescue and he's invariably come to my rescue multiple times uh, over the years. But that was the start. And then... So do I, you... Uh, is there a theme here? Do you fly by the seat of your pants? Like buying two properties with un, uh, like unconditional without finance? Like how did you get in that position? Um... Well, ignorance. I mean, I didn't yep. know what really. I thought I knew what I was doing, even though I'd bought a property at nineteen. Still but turns out it worked. I didn't, so, yeah. and <clears throat> but but the strange thing is that once my divorce went through, and then I I went on into I saw another property that I wanted to buy. Um, I didn't have a good experience with the male property manager. He didn't want to take my offer to the owner. I went and dealt dealt with the female property manager. Uh, sorry property Real estate sales agent, agent. Yep. and yep. she said do you need a loan I said yeah I do because I was buying this property and I had no finance yeah, and yeah. I, I'd been told no you can't and she that that mortgage broker opened the door and I consequently mm. went on to get over three and a half million dollars in loans yeah that's probably another great story is we had a guy on a young guy Dale bought three properties by the age of 25 um, and same thing he um, got told no by someone mm. um, and he didn't take no for an answer and so do you think that's a big part of your story? Like that, that it is a big part. And you hadn't, have, you know, manned up and yeah. said, "No, you know what? I'm going to find a way. I'm going to make this happen." Well, also, she was going to reconnect me with the male agent, who I won't be saying names. He's <coughs> still in the property business in Melbourne, or? Uh, here in Geelong. Oh dear, um, I, I just, yeah, I just said no. I don't want yep. to deal with him. He's arrogant and he's disrespectful. Yep. So this, yep. this really was my stepping stone because I went back to the original same bank through a mortgage broker and got more money than what they'd said that I couldn't get. So that was a door open for me. And then after that, it was just balancing equity and income, equity and income. So, yeah, there's a few different ways to do it. <clears throat> Were you the sort of woman that would obviously save a deposit, buy another one, no. or you're just like, as soon as the bank will even look at me, I'm in? Once I got to that position of that first property um, that my, my marriage left me, um, I had enough equity in that. I didn't need any deposit. Yep. And and I was just constantly looking at what I had, what my income was, what sacrifices do I have to make to get extra income. And I actually had renovated this property, which was my get over my marriage renovation, and I drilled a hole through my hand because I'd never used a drill. Um, and I won a Heritage Award for that property. It's in Autumn Street. It's recently sold to 
by the lady that bought it from me. You're joking. And I what completely a story. Went, and it had a ballroom, <coughs> a cigar room. It's called Bellhaven House. Which what number Autumn Street? Three hundred and two Autumn Street. I live over the road from that mm. house. Yeah, and yeah. I spent three years renovating. That was my that was my labour of love. But the trouble is, I had a lot of equity in it, and I had no income, so I sold story. that, bought two properties. That was my next step again up to where I wanted to go, which was just property. So I've bought some, kept some, renovated, done a couple of battle axe subdivisions. I think that's my favourite thing about you. You've, you've done everything. Yeah, and I've got a couple of subdivisions in the pipelines at the moment. But, yep. yeah, it hasn't all been a better roses. <coughs> I've had some properties that uh, I just was like, why did you buy that? And Well, that that's the point yeah. of the show, right? We we want to get to the spicy stuff. Give us the juice. What's the shittest property you bought? Would you like the shittiest or the nicest? No, nah, start the with the shittiest. People okay. want. All right. Well, it was a property in Adelaide, sight unseen, and it was a duplex. You, and we need to clear this up. You have got a huge appetite for risk. You've got enormous balls. You just go for it and worry about it later. Sight unseen. No one's no one's doing that. Oh, I've got some properties I bought sight unseen that were the best. One of the best properties I've bought. Incredible. But I always paid for a building inspection, but those builders report they have very tiny fine print that they're not liable for, for anything, anything, so yep. they're really not worth the much. Paper they're written on. Yep. And <coughs> so I was very, and, and this was a mistake I made. I didn't ring up and talk to the property manager managing them. Was there any ongoing issues with them? Because it was actually this huge tree, that I don't know how old it was, next door, and all the roots were coming into the sewage. Sure. Yep, love that. And... If I would have been on site, it would, it would have been pretty obvious that this big tree was next door and the roots, you'd trip over them yep. on site. And on so what happened property. with that property? So you bought it site so unseen. I bought it and I just kept paying for all this unblocking of the sewage. And I was like, what's going on? And that was when I spoke to the property manager and she said, well, there's a big tree next door. And well, ended it's up. It's funny because that, that <clears throat> by law, is supposed to be disclosed, in this, at least in Victoria, supposed to be disposed disclosed in the section 32 as a material fact that you say legally you should have been advised of that well also i probably could have turned around and claimed against the person who owned the tree for the tree trespassing on the property (laughs) you know in getting into the sewage systems but i just paid for it all to be repaired and then just sold it on and that was so how long after you bought it did you realize it was a piece of shit uh probably two months oh god yeah yeah Oh, and so I, the honeymoon and period didn't last long. I just wanted to get rid of it once because, yeah. yeah. Bad taste. Move it, it on. I mean, it had cracks in it, but the I talked. So did you, I talked to the builder who did the builder's report, and he told me the cracks were nothing untoward for a property <coughs> that age, and he saw them that size all the yeah. time. But that wasn't the case, and mm. yeah. Yeah. So. Do you feel like um, you know address the elephant in the room? Do you think like being a single woman, or um, you know that there was people that try to take advantage of you or, or would think that you're stupid or, you know, that you didn't know what you were doing, like building inspectors, conveyances, Well, I mean, real that real agents. estate agent was a classic <clears throat> where I had a genuine offer and I actually ended up buying the property at what I wanted to buy. You spent around what him. price I wanted to pay, but he didn't take that to the to the table. But the female property, uh, Worked property with agent you and did. Took you seriously. She and took me seriously. So that was a bit frustrating, but I don't know if that's changed. But, yep. yeah, it's definitely ha- is difficult. I sometimes feel you don't get taken as seriously when you're a woman. Yep. Maybe I'm wrong, but that was just been my experience. Your experience isn't wrong. So, um, yeah, so tell us about, obviously, um, you know, when you started to – was it a fixed mindset around – like, let me ask you this. Do when, you want my good story now, though, Ricky? We'll get to that. Okay. Did you think at some point <laughs> were you like, I am going to be a successful woman, I'm going to build wealth through real estate, or did it just happen? No, I, di- I didn't think that. I just 
See, I was, I was a registered nurse for 10 years and I saw a lot of people die very young and I just decided you've got to grab life <coughs> by the ball, so to speak, and every day is important and you've got to follow your dreams and don't listen to other people, just listen to yourself. Because if I would listen to my dad, for instance, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done anything. Did you have any – a couple of people come on the show and spoke about mentors. Have you ever had – No. It's incredible. I don't know anyone – that's just done it themselves. Well, you could, there's a lot of things you you know you can read. Um, I did do a couple of courses later on, but to be honest, I didn't feel I learned anything mm. that I already sort of hadn't learned along the way myself. You know, um, we, we spoke about on the show. There's um, that a few people have agreed. It's um, you are the five people you hang around, blah blah blah. But that wasn't it for you. You just did it on your own. You, yeah, you, like you said, through just reading books and yeah, and just real world experience out. On the front line. Yeah, and reading about what other people had done, which yep. is motivating. Yeah. So. Tell us about something, obviously, yeah, you've told us about one of your lemons. Tell us about one of your jackpots, something you Oh, I can't wait to tell you about this one. So this one was a property that I saw come up for sale. It was eight flats and they were all set, already strata titled and it was a really good price. And Whereabouts? It, it was in Bill Post Hill. Yep. I won't give the address. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> but... I thought, oh, I'm not in a position to buy that right now. So then I saw it come back on the market a year later and I thought, oh, here it is again and now I am in a position where I think I might be able to get a loan and buy it. So, um, But it had two of the eight flats were really badly damaged and they had big cracks, like you literally could put your finger through the cracks. And no, no, and... The floor, you could play marbles on the floor. In the, it was a double story, one unit upstairs, one unit downstairs. And I had a lot of even friends who were property managers saying, don't touch it. And anyway, I heard about this Uritech uh, injection, which they inject resin underneath tarmacs and underneath concrete, and they lift, lift it. And I did a bit of research and rung up and talk to these people at this company and ask them if the soil type in that area was appropriate for this lifting procedure and they said yes. So I got my lawyer, always use a lawyer when you're settling, to put together, because uh, I had to be careful if the building was going to get worse between siting it and settlement, um, we had to put some clauses in to allow for that and they'd already had a quote and it was over 30 grand to get underpinning done on it but I wasn't going to tell them I knew about a process that you didn't need a permit, was unintrusive and they could get in there and lift it. And to cut a long story short, they've got a quarter of a million dollar truck comes on site and they're only there a day or two. I gave the tenants in both the properties a week free rent for the inconvenience. We went out there, we did get lift and I've, I've been a, and you get a 50-year guarantee on this Eurotech injection um, under the ground. It was amazing. So I, And so those, that property, I made a half a million dollars on it in probably a year in terms of the value I added. I got the outside rendered. I got the outside painted, modernised it, got in and re- just started renovating one at a time. I've sold four of them. I've kept four of them. So that was a That's really why you're great on the story. Show. That was a really good story. I love telling people about that one. I don't talk about the other one because <laughs> it depresses me. Yeah, but that, that's what it's about. And again, coming back to not taking a no for an answer and <clears throat> being prepared to do the work, spend the money, um, ask the questions, put your time into it. You deserve the reward for effort. Yeah, yeah. People that say, oh, you're lucky or you've got the golden touch, I just go, no, I did it. 
I didn't well, talk about like it or a- sit. I went out and actually bought the properties. I did take the chances. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't work, but you've just still got to keep going. Yep. What do you yeah. look for when you hold property? Um, that it's it's going to go up, I yep. guess, and that it's got a reasonably good return. Yep. Yep. So it's, yep. it's pretty simple. Like, <clears throat> have you – Obviously, and you've done subdivisions and stuff like that. So when you're looking to buy something like that, again, what are you looking for? Is it just ease of doing a development? Like if it's a corner block, a 600 square metres house at the front, nice, you know, wide rear yard, easy to subdivide, stuff like that, that you know is going to be, you can get in, get out. There's not a lot of um, risk or things that can go wrong. Do you like that sort of stuff? Or like when you've looked for subdivision stuff, what what do you well with the two battle axes I did I always run it past my town planner and he was a draftsman as well so he could get an idea of what could fit on it and you want to drop names or anything or you just keep it he's yourself. retired now <coughs> okay, actually cool. yep um so yeah that yep. that was when you you knew what it was and usually the person selling it knew that too and would hold out for what they were asking but yep. you've got to weigh it all up and yeah. Yeah, do the numbers. When, when you bought number stuff crack- like that, did you normally just crack on, like buy something, do the project straight away, or were these properties that you sat on built equity? Yeah, sometimes <coughs> I sat on them, which sometimes was my undoing because Wiser. I've got another story where yeah. the neighbour had planted all these trees along the fence line and the, the property trees. actually dropped. Yeah, yep. and I actually took her to court and ended up getting $26,000 out of her compensation. Jesus. I've had, I've got, I'm writing a book at the moment. I've got some funny stories. I have to tell you this one funny story while we've still got time. I don't know how much no. time we've got. But I, I had a, one of the two properties that I first bought when I was got, you know, when I was single and two small children and I was like, what am I doing? I actually had to pull over by the side of the road before I went up and signed these two contracts. But this property, one of Why them was in... Why did you have to pull over? I was so nervous. I was oh, shaking. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's the right thing to do. And one of them was in Leverton. Can we just stop for one sec? Again, this is like the third or fourth time you've mentioned this. When other people would stop and would not do stuff, you just fucking do it. Yeah. You just man up and you do it. You, you pull over on the side of the road, cry your eyes out and say, you know what, fuck this. Get back in your car. I'm going to do it. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to go do it. I know. I am crazy, but that's what makes life colourful. Wild. So, um, yeah, anyway, I I just kept getting really bad tenants there. They weren't paying their rent. This lady apparently went in. Wouldn't have happened if you had a Geelong Real Estate Co property manager. Probably not, no. That's okay. But this tenant, well, the property manager, she she said, we're not managing your property anymore. And I said, why not? And she said, because your renter just walked into our office and had a meltdown and went off just went psycho, we're not managing it anymore. I thought, oh, great, so I've got to manage it, which I didn't really want to do. And, of course, so she just stopped paying her rent and I thought, this is ridiculous, I'm so sick of getting these difficult tenants at this property, I'm just going to sell it. So, anyway, I went up to collect the – I sold it and I went up to collect the keys off this woman. The property manager? No, the lady that was there because the property manager (coughs) had left the building, like left. I was managing it direct with this lady and she had painted the whole inside of the house pink. Even all the cupboards in the kitchen, there was pink paint all over the carpet, all over the floors. The saddest thing is some of those rooms were freshly painted two years previously. And I said to her, why have, what, what, what have you done? I said, why have you painted the house pink? She said, I thought I'd, instead of cleaning it, I'd paint it for you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I, 
I was like, oh, this house isn't going to settle because it's not the same as when the person looked at it. It's all pink and it was patchy. And I said, you haven't painted, you've missed a bit there. She, oh, it was getting dark. I couldn't see when I was painting that room. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I rang the agent who'd sold it and I said, I've got some really bad news. I said, the house is pink. She's painted, the, the renter painted the whole inside pink. And he said, oh, don't worry, I think they're not going to mind because they're going to bulldoze it and build. Anyway, I posted him the keys and I kept messaging him and emailing him. Is everything okay? Is the keys? Got the keys. Got the keys. Yeah. Anyway, a day of settlement comes, he rings me up, he goes, where's the keys? And I'm like, I've sent them to you. I thought, okay, a pink house and no keys. It's not going to settle. Well, I heard nothing and it settled. So... Jesus, and they obviously <laughs> did. They really did knock it in the end. I don't know. I just where was that in, in Geelong? In, Le- in Leverton. Yeah, that was Leverton. Yeah. Wow, so, what a story. Um, yeah. One of the things I like to ask is obviously, what would you do differently? If, um, sounds like maybe not a lot. Like you've, you've you've just figured it out. You've made it work. But I guess if you could go back, and one of the things is you can chat to your twenty-one-year-old self or whatever, and. Obviously, you've never lacked motivation. You've always done it. But maybe lessons learned or or what would you do differently? Lessons learned would have been not to have stopped at the first property, which I stopped. As in you took so long to take and do another one. Yeah, Yeah. and then um, always talk to the property manager of a property that's being rented just to suss out before you even get a buildings report, waste your money on a buildings report. See, this is what's wrong with yeah. the industry. This needs to be disclosed in the Section 32 as a material fact anyway. If there's problems with the property, it needs to be in the contract. You shouldn't need to go looking for that information. But anyway, yep. Anything else? Uh, <coughs> Anything that you wish you hadn't have sold? Yeah, there's multiple properties I um, wished I wouldn't have sold, but I wanted to keep them all and be greedy and you yeah, can't. You've yeah. got to realise that, that every property's been a lesson and, and it's, it's made you and who you are. And yeah, it's yeah. made you who you are. So for someone who is not me who's 21, I'd just say whatever it is that you're passionate about, don't listen to anyone else. Just dream it, plan it and do it and don't, don't, don't stop. Just do it because life's just too short. And you don't want to be on your deathbed and your scrapbook is empty. It's got to be full of a lot of colour. And, yeah, shit will happen, but one guarantee, nothing good will happen if you stay at home and you do nothing. You've got to just do it. That's my advice. Hmm. Pretty good advice. Um, probably hands down the best episode we've had so far. Honestly, we could go on forever and maybe we will have a, um, episode two, but, um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. And as I've got no doubt, we'll probably get you back. There's, um, yeah, there's so much more we could talk about, but, um, Wendy, thanks so much. Obviously, are you open to people? If we get questions for the show, people want to reach out and maybe we like young girls would have put you in touch or. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> You're a good egg. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome.